Well, today I want to do something a little different and, and uh, add maybe. <laughs> uh, this is uh, September 11th and September uh, 12th is the Sunday. And uh, as many of you know, if, if you watched the, uh, the first message uh, for today uh, that we're going through the Gospel Project, but we're also uh, suspending services for the time being uh, because of our situation here in Grand Forks. Um, but what I want to do in this uh, little uh, video, uh, hopefully it's shorter uh, than the first one, uh, I'm pretty sure it will be, um, but is to look and maybe develop the thought that we, uh, that we looked at last week that I talked about as part of the application from last week's message uh, on September 5th about the fact that in the midst of what is going on in our world right now, not, not just our, our, uh, our, our COVID issue, but also just the issues that are surrounding things like, like racial tensions and injustice and, uh, you know, the world's just kind of going crazy in a lot of ways. How do we as people of God pray? And what, what, is, what does that look like? Uh, last week I quoted N.T. Wright, and he said, uh, one of the, 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 the key place for us to be right now, and he was uh, commenting on uh, Romans chapter 8, that we are to pray, be people of prayer, in the place where the world is in pain. That we are to be people of prayer in the place where the world is in pain. Now, what, how, how do we do that? How do we pray in lamentation? <laughs> uh, this is not something that you get taught on a, uh, on a regular basis, right? I mean, this is not something we don't come to Sunday morning to lament. But maybe we should. We, we don't come to a Bible study to lament, but maybe we should. Because the reality is, is that about one third of the book of Psalms are laments. It's, it's the biggest grouping in the book of Psalms. Songs that speak of and that are born out of people's pain. And so God's word gives us the voice for our pain. It gives us examples of people who were in, in dire situations and who said, God, if you don't come through, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to look at Psalm 102. Uh, so if you want to grab your Bibles, uh, turn to that. But, but the Psalms, this is something that, that I love about the Psalms is there's hardly, there's hardly an issue in your life or, or, or a journey that you're going to go through in life that is not in some way touched on in the Psalms. Now, um, a, a good thing to remember when we're reading the Psalms is that while these are the word of God in, in our Bible, they are also the words of God's people to God. That's the address. That's the way it goes, right? It's, it's uh, Psalm 102 says, hear my prayer, O Lord. 102 verse 1, let my cry come to you. This is, this is the heart looking and seeking and expressing itself to God. This is what the Psalms are all about. The Psalms are, to, to uh, use Eugene Peterson's words, um, the answering God. 
It's, it's God's people speaking to God, not God speaking to his people. And so we have to kind of maybe uh, adjust our, uh, recalibrate our minds a little bit when we come to the book of Psalms to, to think this is people, real people, in real situations, in real life challenges and struggles, crying out to God. And God has preserved this for us in the book of Psalms so that we would have this resource so that when we go through trials and when we go through struggles and when we go through painful times in our lives, we have the resources of prayer. And so I would encourage you to make reading through the Psalms, even maybe it takes you a month, read through the Psalms over and over and over again, and that will train your heart, that will train your mind for prayer, regardless of the situation you face. N.T. Wright, in his book, The Case for the Psalms, says this, Part of the strange work of the Psalms is to draw the terror and shame of all the ages together to a point where it becomes intense and unbearable, turning itself into a great scream of pain, the pain of Israel, the pain of Adam and Eve, the pain that shouts out in the most paradoxical act of worship to ask why God has abandoned it. And then, of course, the Psalms tell the story of strange vindication, of dramatic reversal, of wondrous rescue, comfort, and restoration. That is an amazing, amazing summary. That the Psalms are there to draw out the depth of our pain so that we can bring it in worship to God in prayer and song. Now, the, the Psalms may be written as, as individual laments, but they are preserved for us in Israel's hymnal. This is a collection of songs that would be sung at the temple over and over, and, and still are to this day. If you go to a synagogue, there is always a, a singing of an opening psalm, a closing psalm. They sing through the psalms repeatedly over and over and over again. This, these are the songs of God's people. And it have sustained God's people through generations. And they teach us to enter our pain. Enter our pain. And bring it to God in prayer and song as worship. So let's read Psalm 102. Psalm 102, a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. Now this, this title already, this is, this is um, unique in the book of Psalms. It kind of gives us a context for which, from which the song is written and to which the psalm is written for, for the use. This could be the, the prayer for one who is afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. So in any situation where you feel yourself at a loss and desperate for God, here is a song for you. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. 
For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and is withered. I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. I'm like a desert owl in the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse, for I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither like grass." But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time of, to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord that he looked down from his holy height from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion, the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem, his praise when peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid course. He has shortened my days. Oh my God, I say, Take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away, but you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure their offspring shall be established before you. And so here is a lament psalm where the, the, the psalmist starts out and, and he's crying out, hear, hear me, let my cry come to you. I, I'm calling out to you. Now, in the Hebrew text, it's, we just read, hear my prayer, O Lord. But the O Lord part is right at the beginning. It's, it's this cry out, O Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry come to you. Don't hide your face from me. Uh, when, when God hides his face, it's, it's an act of judgment. It's an act of wrath. It's, it's, a, it's a way of saying, I don't hear you. I don't see you and I will not act for you. And so the psalmist is saying, I want, oh Lord, I need you to act. I need you to come through for me. Now look, verses 3 to 11, it starts with, for my days pass away like smoke and my bones like a furnace, and then down to verse 11, kind of, this is called an inclusio, it ties it together. My days are like an evening shadow, and I wither away like grass. And so verse 3 to 11 is kind of the first, the first bit of the psalm. It's, here's what, here's why I'm crying out, God. My life is almost at an end. I'm really struggling right now, God, to see anything beyond my pain. It's just too much. This is the, the lament 
For my days pass away like smoke, my bones burn like a furnace, my heart is struck down. You know, verses 4 and verse 10 are kind of parallel as well. I forget to eat my bread. That my, I, I eat ashes like bread, verse 9, and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and you have thrown me down. I'm struck down. Verse 4, verse 9 and 10 kind of are, are, are parallels as well. And then there's all of these uh, images of groaning. My bones cling to my flesh like I'm wasting away physically. I, I'm, I'm alone like, like an owl, which is a very solitary scavenger creature in a desert, in a waste place where it's like hard to live. And I, I, I lie awake, I can't sleep. And, and my enemies taunt me and they deride me and they curse me. And, and life is just miserable. When have you felt like life is just too much to bear? You know, this past Thursday, as many of you know, Deb Spa passed away and I spent a good three, four hours out at, out at their house with Peter as we waited for various people, officials, coroner, to come to do what they needed to do. You know, uh, a death at home, the police have to take a statement from everyone that was there, including the children, and you, you just sit and you go, why, God? And you, you encounter the pain and the questions and the hurt. And it's just a place of lament. And there's nothing you can do. Nothing I can say, nothing anyone can say that's going to make it not hurt. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. We need to be people of prayer in the place where the world is in pain and sometimes it's easy to find it. Because the pain comes right home to where we're living today. And so Psalm 102 gives us, gives us a, a voice for this sense of abandonment, the sense of dryness, this sense of, oh God, my life is in shambles and I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Here it is for us to sing and to pray and to meditate on. That this, this author of scripture, guided by the spirit of God, all scripture is inspired of God and useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness so that the people of God are thoroughly equipped for every good work. And sometimes our good work is to simply pray in the place where the world is in pain. And to enter lament is a good work that God prepares us to do. The beautiful thing about the Psalms too is that even in the midst of lament, there is hope. Verse 12, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. And this is like the antithesis to verse 11, right? 
My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered through all generations. Here is where hope is found. It's not in the situation being removed, but in who God is himself. This is the place of hope. For you will arise. And and when God arises throughout the Psalms and throughout the Old Testament, the arising of God is for deliverance and for vengeance and for for recompense and, and for restoration of his people. The time of favor is at hand. The appointed time has come. Uh, Look at verse 14. For your servants hold her stones dear. You have pity on her dust. And and the most likely historical context for the psalm is somebody singing this song in the midst of exile in Babylon while Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its walls are broken down. Its gates are burned with fire. Nehemiah chapter 1. And and it's in this, her stones, you hold, you know, this, we still long for God to restore what has been broken and torn down. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. And and then the psalmist, he's he's envisioning, uh, probably reflecting on the latter chapters of Isaiah and this prophecy of hope that God's restoring work will mean a restoration of Israel and all that she was meant to be. And Israel was to be a light for the Gentiles, a light for the nations, and that that people would come to know Yahweh, God of Israel, through his people because that was the task he had assigned for them. And this is where the hope comes from, that nations will fear the name of the Lord, that the kings of the earth will fear your glory, for the Lord builds up Zion, his people and he appears in his glory. Remember, God appeared in glory over the tabernacle and in the temple. And and, and here is, is the author saying, God's glory shall return and everyone will see it. So let this be recorded for, for future generations because I don't think I'm going to live to see it. And so the psalmist is already projecting that I may not live to see the restoration. I may not live to see God come through with his deliverance. My, I'm sick. I am dying. I don't know if my, how much longer I have, but oh Lord, may it be written down so that people will remember that you are God and you will restore. that they may declare in Zion the name of Yahweh and in Jerusalem is praised when peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship Yahweh, verse 21 and 22. And then it kind of flips back to the beginning because the psalmist then says, he has broken my strength in mid-course. Like he felt he maybe could have gone longer, but he's at a place of despair. He has shortened my days. You know, none of us knows how long we have. Another psalm says, you know, if if God gives us life and strength, 70, maybe 80 years. But for some it's shorter. And, And we don't know why. And the psalmist doesn't know why. He just says, he has broken my strength mid course and shortened my days even though he doesn't want to disappear from the scene, God's, God's time, is, he's feeling that his time is close to up. And yet he wants it remembered that God will be the one who restores and that nations will, will worship Yahweh God 
in Israel and that, and that Zion's purpose, the, the people of God's purpose is to, is to be a light to the nations. Again, verse 23 and 24, he's just lamenting the fact that he's, he's anticipating not seeing that happen. But then he again turns to hope because he says, my days are numbered, my time is numbered, my life is numbered. I don't know how long I have on this earth, but you, O Lord, endure forever. And all of this earth and everything about it is one day going to wear out and be tossed away. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. You will change them like a robe. Now here already, the psalmist is envisioning God recreating everything. He's envisioning and anticipating the new creation to come. Now Paul says, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is past, the new has come. Take off your old self with its sinful practices. Put on the new self created to be like God in Christ Jesus. That, that restoration of the image of God we talked about this morning in, in, uh, in our study of Genesis and the gospel project. But here he's just saying, God, you are the one who endures and you will recreate everything and you will make it new and the children of your servants shall dwell secure. The offspring shall be established before you. My life might be over, but God's purposes are going to prevail. And he will restore. And he will renew. My life is temporary, but God is eternal. And in that, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my illness, in the midst of my, my darkness, I know, Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives and I will stand with him on the day that he comes. N.T. Wright, again from his book on the Psalms, says this, Scripture is at its heart the great story that we sing in order not just to learn it with our heads, but to become part of it through and through, the story that in turn becomes part of us. Sing these songs and they will renew you from head to toe, from heart to mind. Pray these poems and they will sustain you in the long, hard, but exhilarating road of Christian discipleship. Psalm 102, a psalm that expresses the pain of being in, in a place where you're just feeling like you're done. A, a place of, of sickness, of illness, of affliction, of feeling that your life's almost over. But turning to the one who endures forever. For our hope is not in this life or the extension of this life, but in the life that God gives us and the restoration and the redeeming work that he can do. And that he will do. That will endure for generations. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this psalmist who in the midst of a very painful and dark time of his life came to you in absolute gut-wrenching honesty demanding that you listen to him in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his affliction, in the midst of his darkness and, and despair laid his 
reality before you didn't make up uh, a nice pretty song about how life's always good with God, but uh, how life was really, really sucking at the moment. Admitting that his life was just in tatters. But then turning to you, Lord, because you are enthroned forever. You are in charge. You are the king. You are the one who created and will recreate. And to you will be all glory and praise and all nations will come to you because you are the only king and Lord of all. And so, Lord, in the midst of a world that is in pain, may we pray and may we lament out of the reality of the pain that the world is in with the hope and with the knowledge that you are King of kings and Lord of lords and that you will bring renewal to the face of the earth beyond what we could even hope or imagine or dream. And while we may not live to see it, we know that your word is true. And when you come again, we will be raised up with you. We will be completely new creations in Christ. Resurrected as he is resurrected and heaven will come to earth and the dwelling of God will be with man and there will be no more death and no more sorrow and no more sickness. And you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. So Lord, we pray in this place of pain right now for those who are experiencing deep, deep pain. May you meet them with your personal presence in such a way that they would sing with this psalmist, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever and ever. And you will recreate everything and make it new. And so, Lord, we thank you for this psalm, this psalm of honest lament and deep hope. Teach us to pray in the place where the world is in pain. Thank you for your word to us today in Jesus' name. Amen.